Effin' Weird, and today we have a second installment of a fishbowl episode. Now, if you have not heard or listened to the first, that is uh, not as that is effing weird. First fishbowl episode, I should say. <laughs> uh, what we're doing is we're just taking a bunch of random topics. I have a wheel generator right here, has about seven or eight different topics on it. I'm going to spin the wheel, whatever it lands on, we are going to talk about. Now, I should say, uh, both Tristan and Cody have no idea what is on this wheel. Um, I'm the only one that does. Uh, and we'll, we'll we'll see what you guys think uh, with some of the topics that I chose. <laughs> so without further ado, before we start, do you guys have anything you want to say to put in? That's nope. F and Fishbowl? I think that's, <laughs> that's F and Fishbowl. <laughs> yeah, I like that. All right, so here we go. First topic. You freeze? Okay. No, 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 I didn't I didn't freeze it. For some reason it was like click, 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 click. Remind me of the price is right uh spinning thing. Okay, so all right, this one's gonna be I don't know why I chose this. It's gonna be hard for me to pronounce, but I'm gonna try my <laughs> I'm gonna try my best to um to pronounce it. Okay, so it is oh okay. All right. You know what? Before I say it, let me pull up where I got this from so we can kind of go right into it. Just want to post it like in the chat or whatever? And the actual, the the, in general? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right then. (laughs) Okay. 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 okay, okay. I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. Okay. Okay, uh, Amio Koyavan. The fuck? Amio Koyavan. I know exactly what that is. I have no Do idea you? what that is. I, no, no, I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <Damn> it. Uh, <laughs> all right, so it is not a it is not a thing. Well, it, okay, it is a thing. It is a person. So have Playing either one of here. What's that? Are we playing 20 questions? Is it man, <laughs> no, 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 no. Find the person. It, it is a person. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it is a, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you about it. All right. He, he has a very interesting story. And I want, I guess I kind of want your guys' feedback on what you think about what happened, I guess. It's, well, it's what pretty, happened? Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, so I didn't spell what you said and I just, I lost, I'm lost. Okay. Do you want, do you want me to, do you want me to spell it out? So I kind of, I kind of want to hear what you have to say first. Before okay. Yeah. Let's I, do that first. Let's do I, ca- I kind of want to hear what your words are. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so he was a Finnish soldier who got separated from his unit with no food or weapons and to avoid, Okay. And to avoid dying, he uh took enough methamphetamine for 30 people. <laughs> All right. So he took thir- like uh, that much uh methamphetamine and then during his drug binge, he skied 250 miles, survived a landmine and caught and ate a bird raw. Good for him. That's 
damn. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I saw I saw it. Uh, I think it was on Reddit. I saw a post about him. And I thought did, that was super interesting. Did he like consciously take that much meth like for the purpose of like doing that? Or like was he using it like an adrenaline shot where he knew he was like dying and he was just trying to like amp it up so he could keep moving? Like what was his intention behind it? Okay, so I didn't dive too much into too much into it, but what I can assume now, do you want me to spell his name for you, Cody? Sure. Okay, so it's um let me see here. It's A I M O K O I V U N E N. But okay, so as as you're reading that, Cody, um what I would assume is the reason why he took that much was because he again it said like he got separated from his unit. I think it was if it was his way of I know I can survive if I take this much meth and I will just be able to ski 250 <laughs> miles nonstop and get back to like where I need to. I just I can't believe that. I don't know how he survived taking that much meth was it like 30. at once because like that stuff doesn't like last like that like because like if you if you're gonna use like an amphetamine and you take it all at once you're just gonna fucking die but if you like take it like over a period of time is that what he was doing or did he just like take a shit ton at once because like that <laughs> it would still wear off after like a couple like what 12 hours or something if he happened to survive so that wouldn't benefit him on that long of a trek i mean he might have been able to ski 250 miles in 12 hours because he's just like <laughs> This is great. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> so, well, so, so essentially what this was <laughs> is they uh, used a drug that they called shit, I just lost the name. That really doesn't matter what they called it. Anyway, start with the P. But essentially it was the beginning stages, it's crystal meth. Um so so what it was is crystal meth and they utilized it during um long stents to stay awake. That was the point of it was to stay awake. So I'm assuming Every time he started to crash, he hit himself with another essentially dose or however they just, they did it, whether they smoked it or whatever. I'm assuming it was probably an injection because it was military based. They want to be it was military used, so they want to be as quick and efficient as possible. But I will say in a post note, I feel like this is like the reason why that movie cranked came out like i guarantee you like that director or the writer <laughs> saw this story and was like this is the most badass shit in the world how can i make this hollywood and then we got jason statham's cranked <laughs> what, what was he in finland when this happened so he skied so he's out like is that that's where he was right yes i would i, would I wonder if the so. cold helped too because wouldn't that like that's slow you down from overheating which would be a big worry if you're taking that yep. much meth and moving that quickly so it probably kept him cool and I'd probably keep his heart from going too crazy too. 200 beats just... per minute is what the hospital had him at when they finally arrested Fuck. him. Holy cow. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I want to go back to skiing. I'll go up the hill, back down the hill. <laughs> how many stairs are here? How many of them? How many? How fast are down? Is there a record? Let's go and do it. <laughs> oh, man, that's gnarly. That's a crazy story. Um, but, but you say enough meth for 70 people, you know, 30 people, like 30, yeah, 30, 30 <laughs> but, but still, um, um, that, that, that begs the question, what's enough meth for one person? I, I don't know. I, I almost, the, <laughs> <laughs> that I assumes think, that's common knowledge. Like, obviously everyone knows how much meth is enough. You're a portion of meth, your portion of meth, we all have our portions, right? <laughs> yeah. 
I'm assuming he probably because uh, they so they were like little vials of it. Oh, okay. So like I'm assuming he probably hit thirty of them. Thirty doses of whatever. Yeah, they had. thirty doses of it. Yeah. I don't. I just don't know where he got that much. Like was I don't he, know. What I was gonna say, was he the medical guy? Was was yeah. he the guy that had him in his pack? Like maybe. Like he was the one that held on to everyone's meth. I don't know, yeah. dude. I'm, I'm just getting the impression he might have been a junkie. Like he might have just been a speed freak to begin with. And he's like, I really like this shit, so I'm gonna keep it on me. And then when he saw that opportunity, he's just like, whatever. Very viable. The other thing is now think about the troops that that he fell away from. Imagine like they're on like a like 20 mile march to where they were going to need that like halfway through. Oh. And they're like, yo, where's the fix? Nobody's got the fix. Where they, where's the fix? Freaking not me. Oh, he has it. <laughs> He's got yeah, he never got separated. He was just sneaking off with it, man. Yeah. Yeah. He knew what he was doing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And that's I, a crazy story. I think we had I think the reason why I put him on there, too, was because we, I think of the last time we had talked. Uh, I don't don't think it was on the last Fishbowl episode, but it was a a couple episodes back. We had brought this up about soldiers using meth. I think it was during the, we talked about the sleep experiment. Oh, yeah. And it it was just how like different like nations were using different things, doing weird things. And I think that topic had come up. So that's why. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, it's a crazy story. So when you said there was a Finnish soldier that got, um, obviously found himself alone during that i instantly mm-hmm. thought of uh simo haya that's who i thought you were gonna bring up so simo uh, haya is the white yeah. death and he got separated from his soldiers and he killed um over 500 nazis alone while he was out there stuck in the finnish wastelands in the winter they they consider him like the deadliest man alive so he was so feared um that he's one of the reasons why they backed out it was the Russians, how? not the Germans. I'm sorry. Soviets. How? Like, so how hit, would... Him and 31 of his buddies held off 4,000 Soviets, and he had over 500 confirmed kills in the 11 days. No way. No way. Okay, okay, so, okay. Well, I mean, I, okay, it kind of makes sense. You, may, you know Russians' tactics during that period, right? It was just throw people at it. Like none of them had weapons or like the whole idea is just like the people behind them didn't have weapons. So that when the guy in front of you died, you could pick up their gun. Like that was their tactics during that time period because all they had was people. They didn't have a lot of infrastructure, but they had a fuckload of people. Here, here's my thing, though, is like. I am not trying to discredit anybody's like military, like achievements or whatever that is what it is i will say this though when you're the only person left or you're the only person out there or like doing something and you have this heroic story it it, it almost is like okay well how much of that is actually true now like 500 like the was someone counting exactly that number again? Like the I, Russians, the Russians were so the Soviets because they were scared of him. Like he became the boogeyman. So like you know, like the movie American Sniper, how like they made it believe like everybody was out for him and he was a boogeyman. So this dude was actually the Soviets' boogeyman. They were f- afraid of him. So on December twenty second, nineteen thirty nine, he had one hundred and thirty eight sniper kills in twenty two days. Um, January twenty sixth, nineteen forty, one hundred ninety nine sniper kills, sixty one in thirty five days. Um, then he had another 20 in the next 22 days. And then he had, 
another 40 in the next 18 days to total 259 in that small stretch. Well, to credit what Alex is saying, also, like, you got to wonder, not saying he didn't do these things, but you also got to wonder if, like, a huge portion of a lot of that stuff was propaganda-based, so maybe he became, like, a Red Hood figure. Like, they're attributing all these things to him with mm-hmm. the intention of scaring the Soviets because this dude's so freaking scary, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not saying he didn't necessarily do it. He totally could have. But it is also possible that they just tried to attribute as many deaths to one person um, just to create a message. And that's powerful because if they like did stop the invasion because of him and like it was literally just them kind of making it up, that, that happened a lot during that time period. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think you had mentioned this before to, to Tristan is that when like just breaking someone's morale during like a yep. battle or like a war. So like if you, if like, you could scare the other side and break their morale to want to go out and fight, well, there you go. You just got your ace right there. So again, I'm not trying to discredit. He, he might very well might've had all of those skills and great for him. Good. You know, he did what he was supposed to do, What whatever. But I, I just, I, there, I, I feel like there are times when someone's story is just like, how how did you accomplish all of that it, it and granted like i do know that like again here on that is effing weird that that's the name of the show like that, that's effing weird like that weird shit happens so there, there's definitely some propaganda around him though so i will give that some creditation so he was shot in the face um and uh <laughs> it hit it, it hit and uh broke his lower left jaw now this wasn't like before oh, that fuck. this was after um so they, the Soviets thought he was dead, so they put him in a pile of other dead bodies because obviously that was the disposal thing. Um, a, a fellow soldier under orders of a commanding officer searched for him, noticed the leg twitching among the pile, found him alive still. <laughs> he, he was evacuated. Um, half of his face was missing. They removed his up jaw. His face is actually pretty gruesome. He survived. Um, the day he regained consciousness, which was March 13th, peace was declared the soviets were like oh he's back alive it's chuck norris we gotta go ahead and sign the peace we don't want nothing to do with chuck norris (laughs) wow (laughs) that's funny symbols are powerful especially in war man if you can find a way to martyr somebody like that's that is a powerful tool a lot of um, it is making the other the other side no longer want to fight and however you have to do that like if if the passion isn't there like we hate them. We need to kill them all. Da, 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 they hate us. They're trying to kill us. If that passion's gone, a lot of times they start, even with bigger numbers or better odds or whatever, that they no longer have the will to fight. Start I always love the, um, the propaganda about the uh, carrots being good for your eyes. Because mm-hmm. it was a big, it was just a giant ruse, basically, oh, to yeah. distract from British intelligence as to why the fighters were so good. Because they always seemed to know where the Germans were. So when asked about it, the, like, they started that thing of like, well, they eat a lot of carrots because it's really good for your eyes and they have the best eyes in the world. But in actuality, they just were tracking them because they had all of their codes broken like <laughs> immediately. Yeah. Yep. And the Germans had no idea for like the entire fucking war. Um, I love that kind of propaganda because it's just it's just funny because it's like misleading on purpose, but not like. It's not really about death or anything like that. It's just kind of almost funny. And yeah. I, I like how stuff like that can work to distract from like intelligence operations. I just yeah. watched the imitation game two nights ago, which is what that movie's ba- <laughs> like. The, that's that based on is, uh, uh, Alan Turing, who actually we've also talked about in the Turing test a couple episodes ago. Um, yeah. um it was about Alan sad Turing story, creating his computer. Guy. It is a very sad story. 
Um, but it's his story and how he created it and how he broke Enigma. And they didn't know until, you know, 50 years later that they actually broke Enigma. That, that nothing to what you guys were just talking about, but the whole like him being sh- him being shot in the face and just like the 500 <laughs> soldiers that he, it reminds me of a story. And I wish I could remember the um, I believe he was a master sergeant for the special forces. Um, he I think it was during the Vietnam War. He I was like he broke both of like he killed a bunch of Vietnam um, or Viet Cong. I, I don't know. Is it Viet Cong? That's what they, if you're talking about the north, time. yeah, yeah. Okay, well, Vietnamese, he killed though. He killed a bunch of people. I, I I don't know which. Anyways, he, I think he like broke both of his. Those I think he like broke his legs or his arms. One of the two, he had like, yeah, it was crazy. And then he had a bunch of gunshot wounds. Um, I think like he, he had his intestines. I I, I don't. Know. He had a lot of injuries. Oh, that's all I'm going to say. I'm not even going to go more into detail with that. However, the medics got to him. They thought he was dead. Like, he, he just, whatever. So they put him in a body bag. And, like, as they were zipping it up, like, the last thing that he could do was, like, spit a little bit of blood. And he did that. And then they're like, oh, he's still alive. And I, I think there's more to his story, too. You know what? I'm going to look it up. I'm going to put it on the next spinning wheel thing that we have, and then I'll go into it if it yeah. lands on it. But it's it's oh, a really God. cool story, almost like this one. But the moment you said legs, I thought of Lieutenant Dan from um, <laughs> Forrest Gump blowing his legs up Gosh. in Vietnam. So it was like, don't say legs. Please don't say legs because that's all I'm going to think about. He's going to be Lieutenant Dan no matter what. Now, one day Alex is going to do that where he's going to tell us a very serious story about someone in the army and it's going to be Lieutenant Dan and it's just, and then he went to a shrimp boat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all right. Do we want to pick a new topic or do do we last, I guess, last thoughts on Emil Kuavan. Um, There's a lot of psychonauts out there that thank you for your service. (laughs) I think his story is pretty cool. I, th- I think, I mean, it's it's pretty wild to think that he took that much meth and <laughs> skied 250 miles. And I, I think, well, I, I think too, it wasn't like it wasn't like 250 miles down a hill. I think when they say skied, I think they may like cross country. country. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that's pretty crazy. A lot of meth, man. Yeah. A lot of meth. <laughs> All right, we're spinning the wheel again to see what we land on. Oh, this oh, <laughs> this ought to be a good one. Okay, there is a there's a lot of controversy I know around this. Again, it's a person. Um and I the reason why I bring it up and I'll explain that in just a second, but the guy's name is Bob Lazar. Oh yeah, I'm sure Bob Lazar. Are you okay? Well, okay. So, do you know quite a bit about him and his his story? Do. do you want to do you want to go ahead and uh, like tell sure. his story? I guess. So, so Bob Lazar um, is very controversial in a lot of ways, um, but I think in a lot of ways he's also probably one of the most legitimate um, reasons for coming out the way that he has. So, Bob Lazar claims he worked for Area Fifty One. Um, claimed that he worked on. Um, I guess we call them UAPs now. 
Um, so claimed he worked on a UAP and he was um, in charge of trying to deconstruct and reconstruct their anti-gravity um, essentially engine. It's not an engine, but the way that we know the word of it. And um, the only reason why he ended up coming out to the public is because of uh, various death threats and the threat of his life. And he felt like he needed to come out and at least tell his story because if he was going to die, somebody should probably know about it. That's kind of like a very, very small synopsis. Yeah. And again, like what you had said, there's a lot of controversy around his story because he says that he works at Area 51. And I think one of the biggest things was the credentials and where he said he went to school that I think that was one of the biggest things was like, he said that, uh, do you know what, do you know what college he went to or the one I forget, in? but I know that like he, when he explains the process, like a lot of the stuff that he had to go through in order to, again, if he's, if it's correct, but I'm not saying it is or isn't, but a lot of the stuff that he had to go through in order to gain access to the things that he was given access to, there was a lot of, cover and things deleted and things moved to look a certain way to look like he was doing other things than he was so -hmm. that way as far as like a uh public persona or paperwork or like this is like it looked like he was doing a completely different thing which is something that the government would do if it was if you're working on something that top secret i i would agree like i could see them kind of wiping away what you have done in the past and giving you something completely different that way it's like if something like what just happened where he came out it's like a, a safety net where it's like well no he look he didn't even go to the school that he said he went to there's no records of him and th- i think that's part of the issue is that he said that he went to some of these college colleges he graduated at like a certain uh tier in his class or whatever and it just it wasn't true or there's no record of it. Now, what I will say is that I think it would be hard for like, let's say a yearbook. Like if he like I again, I don't remember the college that he went to, but if he there was a college yearbook, I think it would be hard for the government to erase everyone's yearbook associated with Bob Lazar. Correct. Could, but there's also who's to say that any of them are. Okay, so so think about it from like from somebody who was in his class, right? So the government's worked very hard. Like, let's say you didn't know him, and let's say he is telling the truth, and you have a yearbook with him in it from the time. But everywhere out there, the government's saying that that didn't happen, and he didn't go there. Are you really gonna put your potential life on the line to be like, oh, here he is in my yearbook? <laughs> <laughs> Government is wrong. <laughs> yeah. Just end up in a backseat of a So there is that <laughs> argument. I'm not saying that that's what's happening, but I mean, there is like the whole there it's, we do live in a very, not my problem community. Like I don't want to get involved regardless of whether he's right or wrong. That's between him and the government. Sure. I have the proof right here, but <laughs> Listen, I want no problems. <laughs> I okay. So okay, again, I'll, I'll explain. So someone had posted online a supposedly a what was it a um a W two from his work with inside the government. I don't. Again, I don't know. But it was not even like an official branch or like anything it like it said like he was the naval command something 
and, and like it, it made it seem like he was in charge of all of like the navy or something really weird. Mm-hmm. So again, almost like what you were saying, like maybe that's what the government put on his W two for. Te- but then again, like at that point, you're working for area. Do you think you have to file taxes? Like I don't know. Well, well no, but like you have to think of if they are to go on and live their life elsewhere. Like you can't, it's very difficult to all of a sudden start paying taxes. And let's say the IRS, who's not privy to that information is like, well, where the fuck have you been for 30 years? Like how are like, how much taxes do you owe us? Like there has to be a fail safe for like life to continue to where it looks like you were a functioning adult through that period of time. Don't you think that they would just, oh, okay. Okay. This is my thing. If it, if, if, if what he is saying is true. Why hasn't the government assassinated him or like gotten rid of him? Because I feel like that is a thing or it's like, so yes, you're right. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. You're right. But this falls into what we were just talking about though. Cause the moment the government assassinates him, they validate everything that he said. But it's not like they go like bang, bang, bang. But the well, little, I, little I mean, little. but still, I mean, look at, look at the, um, Look at the uh, what the hell is that creep's name? Um, that, oh, Jeffrey that, Jeffrey Epstein. Yes, exactly. So no matter what, I mean, Hillary also has the power to. It doesn't matter. We all know that she does what she does, but nobody's going to be able to touch her. So she has that benefit of the doubt. But now, no matter what comes up, the populace is going to believe what he was saying and the fact that there are a lot of this, that, and the other. So yes. That was a calculated risk because it was what he had to say was probably even more damaging than what he's already released. Mm-hmm. Lazar has already said his story. There's nothing that there's no cards he's holding. So by killing him or assassinating him or accidenting him, regardless of how it works, <laughs> um, the moment you do that, now you validate what he says. You're making what he said more powerful. I will say this too, (laughs) is that I feel like when it comes to UFOs, UAPs and like all that stuff, you look like you're kind of crazy. If you say you believe in them, even if you like, you know what I mean? Like it, unless you're the Canadian prime minister, (laughs) (laughs) I, I just feel like, what was it? A couple of, ah, this was can't remember the year, but there was a I think the White House had like a conference or whatever. And they're like, all right, yes, aliens do exist. And one of them is going to come out right now. And it was like someone a dressed suit. up in it. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, ah, ha, 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 ha. And it's just like, all right. Yep. People who believe in UFOs are crazy people. And I think it's it's one of those things where it's. If you say you believe in it, or if you say like you've seen a UFO or something like that, you look like it's almost like Bigfoot or like ghosts. I I feel I feel like it's almost on the same line. I don't want to compare the two. Like I, I apples to oranges. Yeah, I two see champion of the world, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I just uh, I don't know. I just yeah. So I well, feel like anything the cynical nature in me and. Deep down, anything that the government goes out of its way to discredit people for and do that and put them in a box and the tinfoil hat thing. And think about it. The government has done more to 
shit on people who believe in UAPs than almost any other urban legend or myth or anything else out there. Um, so like to me, again, the whole point of killing, if they were to kill him, it creates some validation. I don't know what mm-hmm. it is. I'm not saying that it's all of it's true because I can guarantee you all of what everybody says is not, it's not true. It's just not, but it, it adds a level of validation because they've spent so much time, effort, and money in deterring people from wanting to think about it. And I just think that there's reason now it could be. And, you know, here's a realist in me. It could be because they plan on making, or they have made these UAPs to help give them a leg up in the sky somehow. And it's easier just to say that they're aliens instead of people realizing what they're actually spending their money on, on these projects, which also helps the other countries not realize that they're spending the money on them because they're aliens. So like, there is a lot that's to it, but I feel like, there is something there because of how much they've invested into it. True. I, I would agree with that. What do you think, Tristan? This is his favorite topic. <laughs> I, just, I hate aliens, man. <laughs> no, I, when, when I, I, I know the, the dude, wheel. like, you know, I know the dude. Um, the more you talked about him, the more I remembered him. Um, I tend to think people like him, it's important to remember that Delusions, intelligence, and attention-seeking behavior tend to all show up together. He seems like a smart-as-fuck dude, but the smarter someone is, the more likely they are to be fucking crazy. <laughs> like, or, that or, shit happens a lot, because if you're smart enough, you can convince yourself of all kinds of fucking things. Yeah. Um, now, look at the Unabomber, dude. Like, that, like really true. smart people are capable of immense delusion and just attention-seeking, because they feel so isolated anyway. I'm not saying that's what necessarily what happened. I'm open to the ideas of there being aliens and shit like that. But I just, until it's presented in front of me in a way that matters, I just, it's hard to care. You know what I mean? Because it is just so, uh, I, I don't think it's right to belittle people that believe in that kind of stuff. But, you know, what's, what's the meaning behind it, right? Like, what does that have to do with, you know, my taxes, right? Like, it's, there's, it's just kind of like fluffy, airy shit, right? Yeah. Um, until it has like a practical meaning as to what's going on. I mean, that. That makes that that that's kind of something where it should be analyzed. I mean, if they, if we're just talking about them like disassembling UFOs and like learning from new te- technologies and shit, and like, well, that makes perfect sense. That's exactly what a government would do in that situation, and you'd probably want to keep it as underground as possible so other governments don't get their hands on it, right? And ultimately, I mean, you'd do probably two things with it: you'd use it to make other weapons, and you'd use it to make people's lives better by you know, automizing certain things in uh, the system in the state. None of those inherently are that bad anyway, so. Until there's like an interaction between aliens that matters, it it's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's whatever. <laughs> oh. I think the guy's probably crazy though. That's my guess. I mean, he could be legit. It's fine, but like from the things I've seen of him, he just seems like a dude who's really smart and just probably pretty sick. Well, yeah, because he created um one of the first like hydrogen engines too, like. There was there was a big controversy where he stated oh, that he yeah. created a, a hydrogen ran v- car, his yeah. own car. And then there was that was the first way that they tried to attack him, stating that it was impossible. There's no way he could do it. And then like other people built them as well. So and it is possible. So like I think there's like you like Tristan said, and he's definitely a genius. He's definitely a level of genius. He's very intelligent. But also one thing to remember is that 
majority of serial serial killers are that have gotten yeah. away with it for multiple years are of that higher level of intelligence that yep. you know beyond you know we have like i think we quantify genius as like anything over like 125 or 130 on uh for like an iq and there there is actually a, an abundance of people in that realm because you have to think you know you're probably you're probably talking about your top one to five percent of the population would be considered a genius but then you think about how many people are actually on the world and that is a very massive amount of people that are yeah. within that spectrum so you know people tend to lack they the geniuses tend to lack empathy they tend to lack social skills there's there's a lot of things that could develop especially with somebody of that age um if if he did work there or if he didn't and he was just confined to himself for a while there's there's some wild shit that could you know be brought up in his mind that he could convince happened or will happen or has happened and i can see both sides of it now there is some shit that he says that i feel like if they didn't happen it also shows that you know he's connected to something because there's some shit that he's come up with that is pretty impressive. And, you know, it's, it, there's definitely some value to what he has to say, but as far as the validity is pretty interesting. I think that brings up an interesting discussion about people that like are in high positions of power or high positions of knowledge, losing their crackers. You know what I mean? Cause that, that can happen mm. to anybody. Like there's no science really behind that. Anyone can just kind of start to lose it at any point in time, really like that. That's just kind of how mental illness can happen. So you got to think of like what happens when people that are given a lot of power and a lot of authority or just have like access to a lot of things trying to do something for the greater good. Like maybe that's what he was doing as he was working on a lot of highly probably classified interesting shit. But like what happens when those people go fucking crazy for no they, fault of their own? It just happens. They give a whole bunch of money to citizens off of a student debt. Um, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> We're talking hypothetical, not actual. I apologize. Um, but yes, no, I agree with you. I think that there should be, there should be almost like a checks and balances in place to where, uh, there, you know, when you're in like a role like that for so long, I think you can even, um, and, and not even just to bash our president, but like a lot of the, the lifers in, you know, our, our legislature, like, uh, Nancy Pelosi and, you know, some people who have been there for a very, very long time, uh, there should be some checks and balances to like, are you competent? Like, is, is all of these things working the way that they were 40 years ago? Like, is your mind still stable? Are you going to just create a bill or law because you feel some type of way at this point in time? So I think that, I think that's a valid point. I think there needs to be some form of Okay, uh, I don't think we should cut off data because it's it's off of mental fortitude and and reasonability. So I think that there's there's some people that they're sharp as a wit, you know, to ninety, and I don't think that they should be discluded because they're ninety. But you know, there's some people that lose it at forty. So like, there, <laughs> there has to be something there that says, all right, this isn't it. <laughs> I can't I think stop thinking now of that South Park episode where the old people are driving, and like. Oh, I just they're just like chasing <laughs> and, like yes. they're in the fucking house and like the car is there and it's just like is this country kitchen buffet <laughs> yeah, goes up the stairs and <laughs> it's inside the house already Stan, oh. Stan. <laughs> your dad's drunk again <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, <man. laughs> yes I, I, again, yeah, he, he has Bob Lazar, I guess if, if you're listening to right now as an audience member, 
and you don't know much about Bob Lazar, you just type them into Google. There's you can find probably a laundry list of different things. <laughs> that hundred already, hours on fucking YouTube of his shit. Like, there's tons yeah. of stuff just talking about him and dissecting it and all that crap. And not yep. to promote another podcast, but honestly, his conversation with Joe Rogan is pretty is pretty good because Joe Rogan does a really good job of being unbiased. I was unaware that he was on the Joe Rogan. Show. Oh yeah. When was really? that? Was that recent or a while ago? Oh, years ago. Sounds familiar. I can't remember if I've seen that. That was one. how he really started to come into the light because Joe Rogan yeah. bought him, brought him on. And Joe Rogan is a very good interviewer and he makes yeah. sure to like ask the questions somebody else isn't going to ask to get as much out of them as possible. Yeah, that That's old very... school Joe Rogan was great, man. He brought on all these scientists and he'd just get stoned and ask him weird questions. <laughs> yeah. It's the funniest thing. Oh, it's great. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, th- those and ones were hilarious. I, I, I really sure enjoyed like those. Or the dinosaur or dude. That was probably my favorite one. You ever see that one? Where it's just like, they were talking about like uh, people that deny um, that dinosaurs existed and he brought on a paleontologist just to like tell people how fucking stupid they are for thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> it well, was pretty it, it was pretty great that was a good one i think you tristan were like no this, uh they're not real just people build them and put them in a museum or like wasn't that you i think that was leo i think that was leo that was that, okay, that one. okay all right that must be a, yeah because i remember no dinosaurs someone... are real alex dinosaurs are real <laughs> no. oh no i love there's a dinosaurs. lot we don't know about them but dinosaurs existed definitely <laughs> i, I love dinosaurs sense. So it looks T-Rex. like episode 117, he had Bob Lazar on. Oh, now he's no in shit. like, he's in like 17. No, he's in like two. I think he's almost 2000s. I think he's got to be close by now. So that was a long time ago. He's had yeah. him on again recently in 2019, but I don't think that's going to be as valuable. I think the initial episode that he had when he was first like coming into the spotlight, Bob Lazar himself, I think that's the one that you're going to get the most benefit from. I wonder if we could get Bob Lazar on our show. <laughs> uh, you know, it costs quite a bit of money. <laughs> yeah. I think I got some change in the cuck, in the cushion or whatever. Oh, got a multi-dimensional drive. Uh, I want you to look at Bob. Can you hop on the show? <laughs> yeah. Hey Bob, I got some stuff I want you to look at. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, any other, does anyone want to say anything else about Bob Lazar? Are we good? All right, let's spin the wheel again. Let's see what we land on. Okay, I think I remember what this one is. Again, like some of these topics I kind of just wrote down and just kind of was like, all right, we'll put them on the wheel. Um, It is, let me see here. Thank you. Yep, okay, yep, it is. Okay. Bernard 68. It's like an Android? No, I'm a Dragon Ball Z fan, so instantly. (laughs) (laughs) It it is not. It is. um, Okay, so Bernard 68 is a molecular cloud. It's not a void, as many think. It's just 500 light years away. Essentially, it is a a black blob in space. For the I guess for the longest time, people thought was just void there was nothing in it but that's incorrect it's actually something and it's 500 light years away it's pretty big if uh i wish i could post a picture of it in the chat but if you type it in what's up i'm I'm pretty sure i've heard of that yeah just like it's just a big black void that every time you try to take a picture of it there's just nothing out there but they think it's like a distortion or gravity or antimatter or some shit that's going on yeah those those are cool 
Uh, yeah, it, I, that's, I, that shit's scary. <laughs> it, it is, but I also feel um, I I also knew what it was. I didn't know the name. Obviously, I was I was very oh. confused when you said the name, but I also yeah. know exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very interesting because I think it's I want to I, I want to get the proper vernacular. Um, what is what do they call it? It's like um, so they like they they put us in like like phases of like um civilizations or planets and like i think like phase three is where you have like the dyson sphere wrapped around your sun pulling energy at all times and i'm like you know that that could be something like that because if they're pulling all the energy from their area to essentially run everything that they're running there would be a void of energy escaping because they're pulling it in this is an interesting thought. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. When it comes to space and numbers, if you listen to the infinite, like, I think what was it? I think it was time and space episode. Uh, that one, yeah, it really hurt my head. Um, I, I knew you guys would probably have something very like intelligent to say about <laughs> it, but <laughs> all I got is the something in space. And that's what it's called. Um, I, I, I can only imagine what people yeah did think when they first saw it though. I'm sure they were kind of confused by it. Like how because it's definitely a distinct shape too, with like that void. And I, I get space is moving, it's whatever, but to look at a picture of it, it's just it's all galaxies and stars, and then it's just like perfect, like looks like a boot almost, and then <laughs> yeah. So so it's called the Kardashev scale. So you have type Hmm. one, type two, and type three um, civilizations. So type one is what we essentially are now. Um, So with an energy energy consumption at four to the 10 to the 19th power, I'm not going to go into all that right now. Um, So type two civilization (laughs) is um, capable of harnessing the energy radiated by its own star. And that's what I was talking about, like the Dyson sphere. So that's just essentially like something encapsulating the star in a way to where it's pulling the energy to where you can harness it for whatever you're doing as a civilization. A type three is a civilization that possesses the energy at the scale of its own galaxy. If that is the case in this theory, that could be what that blob is, is a type three. So it's possessing so much energy that it is literally, it looks like a void because no energy is going to escape what it's, you know, the object that it's utilizing to attract that energy. Okay. All right, let's break this down in layman's terms, all right? So if you're listening, you don't understand what he just said, I'm going to break it down into what Alex thinks it is. Okay, so what you're (laughs) saying is we are a civilization that can't utilize our sun except for heat and daylight. Yeah, just natural forms of the energy from our sun. Okay, hopefully (laughs) everyone... That's that's type one. That's type one. Okay, so type two would be if we could go to the sun and start, like, sucking the energy out, correct? Sort of. So that would be kind of impossible, but... the So what a Dyson Sphere is, is think of, like, a... You know, like, the halo ring? Yes. Okay, so think of, like, a massive convolution of multiples of those wrapped around our sun to pull to constantly harness all energy that's being released from it oh okay so all right so taking a step back we're we're okay so we essentially it's a gumball or something like that with nerds inside right so the nerds inside 
is are the sun and the outside gumball is the the, the sphere right here i'm going <laughs> to make bit... this i'm going to make this easier for you okay So what would be a th- what would be the third one? It's the um, whole galaxy rather than just the sun. Which which would make it would look like a void, like it does. So yeah, that would be like the galaxy of stars. Basically, if all the light and energy was harnessed from all the galaxies and all the stars into one central point, you wouldn't mm-hmm. see any of it because it's all the light would never escape because all the energy is instantly being harnessed. Which, okay. I mean, th- I, I guess I don't know if that would necessarily void the light though. If you're harnessing the energy. Um, well, it just depends. I guess it just depends on how you energy. would make it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess it depends on the confines. And I've I've always wondered with that, like, if you're harnessing all the energy of like the sun, wouldn't that just burn out the fuck? Then you just become a world eater. You're just like sucking out, th- like everything from everything. And that sounds awful. That's just we shouldn't be going toward that. A, a picture of that is in general, minute, man. For you. In in general. Yeah, there's a picture of what it looks like. The Dyson sphere. It's kind of like those original angels we talked about almost. Yeah, actually. You know. <laughs> very similar to that. I don't see it in general. Text channels general. It's, oh, that's because it didn't actually send. There it is. Hey. Oh, okay. So you see how it's just constant, like, it's essentially a collection of rings that are wrapping around it and constantly harnessing all the energy that's being released. But in a yeah. way that where it doesn't smother the sun, so it allows it to continuously release energy. Okay, but if it's like, so th- th- there's my kind of question then from that. Like, obviously, light would be releasing, so you wouldn't be able to see anything. So if if any light was releasing, you'd still be able to see it in some sense. Like, this is under the impression that something has to escape, so that way it doesn't. So like, this is get this is destroyed. stage two, though. This is this is the second one. The third you'd one still is assume the one that where apply you... to the third one. It's just a bigger version of that. Well, to an extent, because if you're if you're able to utilize scale of all the energy in your galaxy, which I still don't think technically that blob wouldn't be a stage three because it's in our galaxy. So it's not us- utilizing all the energy in our galaxy. I think it would be like but in it's between. trying to. It's it coming. Trying to. Exactly. <laughs> so I think um, essentially type three in, in this scale, you could almost look at like a type three civilization as as a as a super black hole, something that literally would suck in an entire galaxy. Um, but um, as far as you're saying, it just like you said, because it's beyond like our capabilities and our thoughts, I think that it's just a, a possibility. Like you said, like a Dyson sphere, light would still escape. So therefore, you know, we wouldn't see a void. But if they're like in a hybrid to where they're moving towards like a type three, maybe they found a way to encapsulate all the light because it's all the energy in that region. So I think what we've established is inside the blob is an evil society of planet destroyers that is coming for us, and we should all be terrified. Celestials. Yeah. I, I feel like that's a common theme in some space movies. Well, we're writing one right now, obviously. So That's true. That's true. Okay. <laughs> wow. Space is scary, dude. It's just like the ocean. You don't know what's out there. You have no idea what's going on. You only oh. got like... They spent all this time and they've got the tiniest fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a picture. And then they get a really nice nuke telescope and they're like, hey, cool, let's start over and retake pictures of all the shit we just took pictures of because we need better resolution rather than keep looking because there's so fucking much to look at. We'll never fucking be able to look at all of it. It's 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 just so much. It's like solving for the we're looking to figure out what the entire body is, but we're still stuck in a lung cell. 
Yeah, I was. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say too, like the uh, the James Webb Telescope that got launched. I think it was like earlier this year or last it was real year. recent. Yeah, yeah, and it it's just coming back with like what exactly what you're saying, just more high resolution stuff of things we've already seen before. Alternate so. theory for that: the reason why is because there is a threat somewhere within the vicinity, and they're trying to get a better dis- depiction of that, which is why they're not outsourcing until they figure out what's closer. Are we close to a Star Wars battle? Because we need some, like, X-Wings in this bitch. Like, I can't fly one because I can't see for shit, but it'd be awesome if other people were. Bob Lazar was creating them already. <laughs> oh, oh, we just tied him for a circle. It's all connected, man. It's all connected. And then he has a meal. How does the finish do? Oh, yeah. How does the finish do play in? <laughs> He's the one so helping Bob Lazar. Hey, oh, what do you all need, the, boss? All the people in Area 51 are on meth because of him. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. You can't go home. You're tired here. Take this. <laughs> this is a good movie. I think we got a good movie on our hands. <laughs> All right. I think we have time for, I think, one more spin. Yep. Let's uh, let's see what it lands on. Okay. It 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 landed on Mio Koyev and the, the guy again. We're not going <laughs> to. We already know about him. All right. Taking another spin. Can, can you not take him off the wheel? It landed on Bob Lazar again, so we'll we'll give it another spin. I there is a way I can take it off, but so let's go for lucky number three. See what happens. Oh boy! If we get this whole, oh if boy. we get the Bernard thing again, then it's it's you know, it's <laughs> cursed. Yeah, it it's not. It's um. <laughs> okay, back. We're not leaving the subject of space yet. All right. So it is, this is its name, is uh, S50014 plus 81. Cool. Closest black hole to Earth. Hey. So it is a supermassive black hole. That, that is its name, is, or that's what it's been given, is S50014 plus 81. Um, it's the largest known supermassive black hole, and uh, I wish I could put a picture in there. Cody, are you able to put a picture in like the chats? So, uh, sure, yeah, let me go to this PC and do it. But it's again, it, it hurts my head to look at this, and it, it, it makes me wonder why. Like something that because again the theory behind a black hole because I remember talking about this uh, that yeah. was my that was mine is that nothing like because no one again black holes are mysterious no one's ever gone into it but there are theories behind it um, is that the gravity within a black hole is so strong that no light can escape but it has a the gravity of a black hole is constantly sucking things in now if you're listening. If you look up again, I'll say it one more time S50014 plus 81. If you were to look that up and see that picture of it, it makes you wonder why that black hole doesn't suck up everything in the universe. It's, it's just so, it's so big. So that the picture that I put in there is really, uh, it, it, it creates some anxiety. Like that is. Uh, Yes, like exactly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure how black holes work and like how gravity works in general. 
um, is it is sucking up everything in the yeah. universe. It's just doing it slowly. Because that's the thing, like gravity, everything is pulling toward everything at the same time. It just depends on how much mass it has. So like if it has infinite amount of mass and infinite density, um, it is going to be pulling everything in the universe infinitely toward it. But the balance of that also is if there's other black holes, they're also doing it too. So I think they're like slowly always infinitely growing, but they're also getting pulled on like other things. I'd be really interested to know more about how like if two black holes were pulling toward each other, that's some I, shit. I think they found one and they were yeah. essentially encircling each other and then they became yeah. one. Yeah. So, that's the so theater, man. Yeah. So the other, the other thing is we can always just look at it like a video game. And our intention here is to continuously level up. And once you level up, you go to a different universe and then you, you continue to grow. And maybe like those are like the Mario tunnels. Or maybe, you know, everything's just leading to entropy. That's just, you know. There's also a theory that there's a, that, that there's a, a consistent, um, like uh, the Big Bang is a consistent like Big Bang, then retraction, then bang, then retraction. Mm -hmm. So we're just in this constant loop of what we're doing consistently over and over again over eons. Yep. I think, what was it? I think we had talked about this or we had mentioned it. Yeah, in it was the, on the universes episode. Yeah. That and concept. that was it. Yeah. If, if you haven't listened to it and you, you go ahead and listen to it, it's, uh, it's kind of confusing, but eh, it's not that bad. It's, it is for me, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, uh, it, there is that theory. Yeah. It, like the, the big bang is keeps going back and forth. There is the theory that it just, everything is constantly just, going to just expanding forever yep expanding forever and then it's just going to be nothingness there's a there's a lot of weird theories out there as to what actually the universe is doing well the problem is that we only know physics concerning essentially our planet so all of our physics based even like light year and all of those are based off of where we are relative to our light source so yeah. like we literally have like an infancy's stage of understanding of everything outside of us. So when you, when you kind of put that into perspective, like she's who knows, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just right. like, it's literally like the, the craziest thing that you can fathom in your mind about space is probably some of the most basic parts of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. and that's, that's the, the interesting part about it. Well, then again, if you want to tie all aliens into it and everything, no, with like we're not tying aliens into yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> well, let's let's tie aliens no. into it. But it like I think it was the last episode with the concept of um, just how aliens, how they look, the shapes of them. Like we think of humans as like this, you know, arms, Humanoid. legs. Yeah. Yes, and then I think we were talking about AI. That's what we were mm -hmm. talking about AI. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, we, like it's it's that I think it's the same thing. I was like when we think about other planets and everything like that, like how how would we oh there's there's a great YouTube video where it like it shows people, and I think Tristan, you might have said this too, where it shows someone going through the different layers of like a planet. Was that you? Or was that you, Cody? I don't know. It sounds a lot like Dante's Inferno though, what you're talking about. Oh no. <laughs> Each layer of hell is a different version of cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> But it's it like it it the the geez I'm stuttering so bad. 
the uh the cartoon YouTube video shows like what would happen to you in every single layer of like, I think there was like Jupiter and everything. Oh yeah. That we've talked about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. It's, yeah. it's really cool to see like what everything would happen. And I think like one of them was like, if you were to make it to Jupiter's like surface or like something like that, you would be instantly crushed or something. It's just weird. This is the gravitational pull of Jupiter. Yeah. 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 It's. Yeah. So. I, I don't know. There's not. A, should we should we do one more? And uh, I since I mean we can squeak one more out of there. See if we can get away from space because I think we just kind of talked about that one a lot. Okay. All right. Let's we'll spin it one more time. We'll see. We'll see what we land on. I really hope it's. I really hope it's. Uh, oh. Okay. All right. <laughs> Cannibalism. Oh, all right. Yes. Let's go. All right. So, all right. There was a story that I wanted to bring up about this. Uh, Senegal Island. Let me see. (laughs) Let me see if I can find it real quick. I can't find it. Okay. Well, it was it was a story recently about some guy in Canada who killed a bunch of people and ate them and it was not too long (laughs) not too long ago and i thought it was like oh okay that would be a really good great topic for the fishbowl so and i i kind of wish that roe was here too because there i remember her talking about a tribe within india that still practices cannibalism and if i remember correctly they don't like actively go out and like hunt people down and try to kill them but if the bodies wash up because the the tribe lives on i forgot which river it is but if the bodies wash up on there then they will eat them and everything and it's just it's such a taboo like thing to do like i I, granted yes i mean it's another human i and you just you just don't do that but there's another Okay, let me let me ask you guys this question. Have you seen the movie Alive? I don't nope. think so, but I've seen a like a stranded had to resort to cannibalism movie before. It, which do you remember what the the concept of the movie was about? Yeah, they like it was about like this plane flight that was going from Chile to Argentina and they crashed and everything was frozen and they basically froze some of the bodies and they're eating their the ass of like one of the yep. occupants of the plane that died. Yep, that's that that's alive. Okay. Um <laughs> and yes, that's exactly it. So, I guess for in a survival situation, would you Resort to cannibalism. Yes. Tristan? Oh, probably not. No? My self-destruction's too great. <laughs> I have no survival yeah. instincts, man. No. Whatsoever. Well, then wouldn't oh, you want to eat? Wouldn't you want to eat? Like <laughs> nah, dude. I don't do well in any kind of situation like that. I'd probably just, I'd probably be the first, I'd be the one who died first and then they <laughs> ate me and then they got the taste for it. And then the motherfucker started killing everyone else. <laughs> that's, that's where I see myself in that. I mean, I, you never really know until you're in that position, until you're that fucking hungry. I mean, it changes your brain chemistry at that point. So like you're, you're going to be different than you are now in that situation. So, um, 
I I would I would assume I would probably not, but I mean, who the, who the fuck knows, dude? Like, it's like that trolley experiment thing. Like, you do not know anything you're gonna do until you're in that situation in that set of conditions. I mean, or like, just look at war. Look at the amount of crazy fucked up things people will do just because they're in a situation so foreign to what they're used to. So yeah. I'd like to think I wouldn't, but I don't fucking know. That is that is true, and I, w- I was just about to bring that up. That the whole train lever, where it's like, do you kill one person or four people? I, was it you, Cody, that had brought that that up? I, well, not that I brought it up, but I would absolutely kill the one person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was I was the one that, without a doubt, said I'm hitting and I'm killing the one. <laughs> and uh, it, I mean, the it, complicated thing about like the cannibalism thing too is like, put yourself okay, so you're stranded on something and someone dies, right? And it's like, do you eat them or not? Okay, well, if it's like maybe you and a couple of your friends, maybe you last it longer. Maybe if it's you and your fucking sick wife and like your kids, you might be chopping that son of a bitch up and hiding it and telling him you found like a buffalo somewhere, right? Like the the context of it matters a lot, especially when it's not just you you're taking care of. So are you, okay. Now, okay, go ahead, Cody. I was going to say, and, and to that point, like if it was like I'm stranded with my kids and if the dead person was one of like my children or my wife, I'm probably starving at that point. Like there is, yeah, there's, there's differences to it. Like if, if you, like if it's a plane crash and somebody passed away in the crash and there was already like, I'm not killing somebody to eat them, but if, if it's there and that's the only form of survival to me, it's not even a second thought it's that's you're surviving. I don't. I, I think we bring up a good point. I think if it's a loved one or a friend, you're you're just gonna end up starving. I think yeah. I think most everyone would agree, and hopefully, if you're listening to this too, you agree <laughs> to that. Um, but I think if it's someone you don't know, just a random person, and it's for survival, I I would almost okay. All right, let's let's break this down even a little bit more to make it a little more interesting. Would you? Instead of eating someone else, chop off one of your feet or your hands or your an arm or a leg. Oh, okay. Let's say okay. Let's say you don't have to. Let's say you were in a plane crash and you were able to stop the bleeding from your leg. But you you know you did your tourniquet. You stopped the bleeding for some odd. You survived, but your leg is sitting right there. Would you eat your own leg? If you were, if you were like, if you're like in like that, like 14 days and nobody's saved you situation and you're starving and you're, I think at that point, the leg's gone anyways, they're not going to be be able to reattach it. You might as well. But um, I don't, I don't know that like there, there's definitely, again, there's still a lot of scenarios where you have to like, cause if it's like day two and you're in like the alive situation where your leg's frozen and there's a possibility that if you are saved, they can put the leg back on mm-hmm. and they could surgically attach it. Um, I'm probably going for the whole like I'd, I'd like to be as whole as possible at some point in time. Yeah. Route. <laughs> and then I'll just eat the person that died's ass like they did in that movie. But um, <laughs> I, Alex, I get the impression that like as soon as you crashed, you're already eating your leg. <laughs> Like you just you hit the island. You're reaching to the cart. Like the cart has some barbecue sauce. You're just getting a little bit of that on there. Like you have no qualms with this. You're like, what? It's been like 45 minutes since I've eaten something. I it's good to crash in the desert. There's salt. (laughs) (laughs) 
you're you're not wrong. Like it's I would feel less guilty, and I think everyone else would for eating their own leg or arm or you you know, like I feel like it's less taboo, even though you're still eating a human. You're eating, I guess you're eating yourself in a way. It's very weird. It's like a gray area where it's like Marilyn eh. Manson esque. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I don't I, see. Oh. See, I feel like I feel like regardless, once you've crossed, like I feel like it's just semantics. Like once you've crossed the point to where you're eating a human, does it really matter where it came from? Obviously, other than the fact of like a loved one. Like outside mm. of a loved one, does it really matter where it came from? Like. If you've eaten, yeah, like, <laughs> I think it matters a lot. <laughs> so, so to me, because you got to live does with the thought. The rest of the, like, you got to live with. Yeah, the but if they're it, right? already dead, like, if they were already passed away, what, like, what so, does that make a? So think of it from this is my perspective on that, real quick. Like, if your intention is to move on and survive and get out of that situation, then yes, it matters a lot. Like all of those decisions matter intensely because you have to live with yourself for the rest of your fucking life. If you're not gonna like make it out, like that, and you're just trying to fight for a little bit more, then it matters less. But I mean, yes. if the intention is to get out of there, you have to live with every decision you make, even under those extreme circumstances. And you're probably not going to come out the same. So if you end up out of that situation, not the same person going in, well, then what the fuck does any of it fucking matter? Because you're not the same fucking person, right? You died. You died. You're not the same person. So you might have as well just died anyway, because coming out of it, your brain's different. I guess it's just a Sagittarius because majority of serial killers are Sagittarius. So I think it's just a Sagittarius in me that says, you know what? You no. guys just want to eat people, man. You guys are just curious. I, you just want to know what it tastes like. I can tell. I, I don't, but I just feel like I can separate that. Like this was for survival. Like obviously there's going to be remorse, but like I don't think the remorse is going to change from the fact that they already died or I ate their leg. I think the remorse is still the remorse that they died. To me, it's like hard to separate that. Like, I survived thanks to you passing away. I had no, like, I had no action in you passing away, but you passing away helped me continue with my life. So there's also, like, an appreciation aspect and, and less of a, oh, fuck, I ate your leg. Now I'm, I'm a different person. I'm okay. a monster now, now. Now think about this. So you did that. You felt good about it. You've made your peace with it. You're back home. But now you're sitting on your couch and all you can think about is how that dude's leg tastes. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I'm you just, really, I mean, really go for a leg right now. <laughs> I mean, you know what? At the end of the day, like, it is what it is. We all crave things that we can't have at some point in time. So you're just going to have to get over it. <laughs> it's sitting with your wife. It's like, how's the lamb, honey? I mean, it's good, but it's not it's leg. It's not quite, it's, it's not quite tender enough. <laughs> it's missing like hairs on it and everything. I don't know. <laughs> oh. oh, man, that's funny. I, I will say, I feel like, because the, the movie Alive, like what uh, Cody was saying, it is a true story. I think their way of actually going about eating a human was very respectful in the way where it was like, it was the ass. It's not like they, you know, lobbed off the head or like an arm. It was like, it, it, if they were going to actually have a funeral service for these people, they still technically could. It's not like they they ate the ass you know like it's there's a lot yeah i'm not gonna say there's a lot but you know it's it's a part of the body where i feel like meh okay you know i guess maybe like a maybe like a toe would be like the same thing it's i, I don't know I mean, eating eating ass in the young generation is almost required now so 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> so it's not too far off. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh it's it's a very weird it's very it is, and it, it is one of those things that like it's a it's an interesting thought based experience experiment to like wonder and ponder what you would do. But like Tristan said, like we don't know what we would do until we're in that situation. Like you don't yep. know until you know, you're, you're stuck, like freezing, uh, far, sorry for the pun, but freezing your ass off in the middle of a, a mountain range <laughs> and you're literally starving, freezing, going through the elements. You just went through a plane crash. So you're obviously suffering from a lot of mental issues as well because of what just happened and trying to cope with what's going on. And if you're going to be saved, like there's a lot of stuff going on and it's very easy for people nowadays to like go through a mental breakthrough for like a fraction of that. So to to be able to truly say how you would react, I feel like is next to impossible. You can just hope and assume. And it's true. I also like to remember the most famous one, um, the Donner Party. With like mm-hmm. the whole thing with that one is it took so long. They were stuck. Like they ate everything before they ate people. Like they were boiling leather and making soup out of it before they ever got to eating people. Because they were stuck there for just day in, day out for so long, just getting thinner and thinner and thinner until someone finally died. And like that, that mental mind game of just that length of time, because like, I mean, if you're in like a stressful, like if you had a plane crash, you know, you're, you're, you're stuck in the cold, like the, the survival period is a lot shorter. Like mm-hmm. you're probably not going to make it, but they, they had shelter and like a lot of supplies, but it's just watching that dwindle over months until you're at the point where you're actually going to eat somebody. That to me is so much crazier than like a, a plane crash or an accident. Cause that's fuck. <laughs> Any, anybody that would have came out of that would not like, like you're saying, you just wouldn't be the same. Like even coming no. out of it, there's almost no point just because of like what you've been through. You're never going to be able to function. I don't know much about the Donner party. I know like, I know of the story, like they were trapped in there and they, yeah, again, like what you're saying, Tristan, they ate everything before they actually resorted to cannibalism. Um, wasn't, could they have not gone hunting? They were trapped under like 12 feet of snow. Like it was one of the worst winters on recorded record. And they, they basically were like, okay, should we push through the snow and get, um, through the mountains or should we stay? And staying ended up actually being the worst decision. Um, cause they were, then the real snow came and it, they were fucking trapped. There was no game. There was nothing. I want to, I want to look that up. We might have to do an episode of that just by itself. The Donner. Part it's a great it. story. And even what led up to it, the whole traveling, like they basically got fucked over is what happened. Like they were sent down the basically the wrong way without a guide and they made a lot of bad decisions and it, it it's a cool story, but it's sad. Yeah. Yeah. That would be perfect for the show. <laughs> a lot of sad endings to the, to the show. And there's an element of ambiguity about whether they did it too, if I remember right. Um, Mm -hmm. Like they're pretty sure they did, but I don't think they ever actually admitted it or like they admitted it and took it back. I'm not speaking justice to it, but I know there's, there's an element of ambiguity of whether actual cannibalism happened. But the, like what the word on the street though, is that they actually did. That's, that's the word, yo. (laughs) That's what went down. (laughs) Oh, all right. Well, I th- I think that covers pretty much all we have time for today on uh, on all this the fishbowl episode. Any last thoughts on really any of the topics that we covered? You're not allowed to pick again because it's always alien stuff, man. Like it's, you're just it's it's nine 
basically things about aliens. What did, what what did cannibalism have to do with aliens? Nothing. I I'm surprised it. you didn't make your way there. I was waiting for it. <laughs> I was getting there. I was about to flesh eating aliens. <laughs> uh, They're not cannibals because the ones doing the eating were the lizard people. Yeah. <laughs> was Bob Lazar a cannibal? I think he Ooh. was. Yeah. All right. Well, that, that about wraps it up for today's episode on That's Effing Weird. If you enjoyed what you listened to, make sure you hit us up on all your favorite social media sites. Uh, and if you want to actually interact with us, make sure you hit us up on Podbean. You can go to our Discord link at the very top, or if you want to shoot us an email, we have that link too on Podbean. So with that being said, we don't want stuff that's normal. We want stuff that's effing weird.